Welcome back, Heming Brainiacs, to the podcast. Talking about a couple of poets named Robert Southey and Walter Savage Landor. Swim says, The link below is an excellent biography of Robert Southey from Poetry Foundation. He wrote in all the mediums, numerous to list here. He is known more for his prose than his poetry and was a close friend of Wordsworth and Coolridge, who we've just read in the last few days, if I'm not mistaken. Robert Southey. Paintings of him, I'm seeing. Unlike most English romantics who wrote predominantly either in verse or prose, Robert Southey, like his friend and brother-in-law Samuel Taylor Coolridge, and to some extent Sir Walter Scott, was both poet and prose writer, and one as fully as the other. So it sounds like he was a... A poet among poets, you know, a writer's writer. Uh, Walter Savage Landor was a controversial English writer of poetry and prose who often took to writing in Latin to attack or criticise his enemies. Mostly he got away with this ploy, except when his barbs were aimed at those of equal academic status to himself who could read the Latin that was being written about them. All these poems were pleasant to read, says Swim, after Wordsworth or Coolridge's works, I'm left feeling a bit meh. I think we're all a bit meh just about poetry in general. I am trying to kick up the pace a little bit. I don't know if you've noticed. Um, <clears throat> and we'll continue to do so because Swim, you told me that it was going to be March before we finished if we keep the current pace. And um, that's too long. That's too long, isn't it? We can't keep doing this till March. So let's power through. Excuse you. <laughs> I'm holding a baby, by the way, if you're wondering what all these noises are happening. Um, today's poet, Charles Lamb, or the first one, I should say, 1775 to 1834, the old familiar faces. I have had playmates. I have had companions. In my days of childhood, in my joyful school days, all, all are gone, the old familiar faces. I've been laughing, I've been carousing, drinking late, sitting late with my bosom croonies. All, all are gone, the old familiar faces. I loved a love once, fairest among women, closed are her doors on me, I must not see her. All, all are gone, all the old familiar faces. I have a friend, a kinder friend has no man. Like an ingrate, I left my friend abruptly, left him to muse to the old familiar faces. Ghost-like I paced round the haunts of my childhood. Earth seemed a desert I was bound to traverse, seeking to find the old familiar faces. Friend of my bosom, thou more than a brother, why wert not thou born in my father's dwelling? So might we talk of the old familiar faces. How some have died, how some they have died, and some they have left me, and some are taken from me, all are departed. All, all are gone, the old familiar faces. Hester. When maidens such as Hester die, their place ye may not well supply, though ye among a thousand try with vain endeavour. A month or more hath she been dead, yet cannot I by force be led to think upon the wormy bed and her together. A springy motion in her gait, a rising step, did indicate of pride and joy no common rate that flushed her spirit. I know not by what name beside I shall it call, if t'was not pride, it was a joy to that allied she did inherit. My parents held the Quaker rule, which doth the human feeling cool, but she was trained in nature's school, nature had blessed her. 
A waking eye, a prying mind, a heart that stirs is hard to bind. A hawk's keen sight yet cannot blind. He could not, Hester. My sprightly neighbour, gone before, to that unknown and silent shore, shall we not meet as hare to fore some summer morning? When from thy cheerful eyes a ray hath struck a bliss upon the day, a bliss that would not go away, a sweet forewarning. Yikes, this is a doozy, especially considering my current situation, but this one's called On an Infant Dying as Soon as It Was Born. I saw where in the shroud did lurk a curious frame of nature's work, a flowerist crushed in the bud, a nameless piece of babyhood, was in her cradle coffin lying, extinct with scarce the sense of dying, so soon to exchange the imprisoning womb for darker closets of the tomb. She did not open eye, and put a clear beam forth, and straight up shut, for the long dark never more to see through glasses of mortality. Oh, buddy. I'm not surprised. <laughs> not surprised you don't like this one. Riddle of destiny, who can show what thy short visit meant or know? What thy errand here below, shall we say that nature blind, checked her hand and changed her mind, but when she had exactly wrought a finished pattern without fault, could she flag, or could she tire, or lacked she the Promethean fire? Good boy. With her nine moons, long workings sickened, that should thy little lambs have quickened, limbs so firm they seemed to assure life of health and days mature, woman's self in miniature, limbs so fair they might supply themselves now, but cold imagery, the sculptor to make beauty by, or did the stern-eyed fate decry? That babe or mother one must die, so in mercy left the stock and cut the branch to save the shock of young wearers widowed, and the pain when single state comes back again, to the lone man who reft of wife thenceforward drags a maimed life. The economy of heaven is dark, and wisest clerks have missed the mark. Why human buds like this should fall more brief than fly, ephemeral, ephemeral. That has his day, while shriveled crones stiffened with age to stocks and stones, and crabbed used the conscience sears in sinners of a hundred years. Mothers prattle, mothers kiss, baby fond, though never wilt miss rites which custom does impose, silver bells and baby clothes, coral redder than those lips which pale death did late eclipse, music framed, for instance, glee, whilst whistle. Never tuned for thee, thou though wantest not, though shalt have them, loving hearts where they wished gave them. Let not one be missing, nurse. Oh, buddy. There you go. finish. See them laid upon the hearse of infant, slain by doom perverse. Why should kings and nobles have pictured trophies to their grave? And we, churls, to thee deny thy pretty toys, with thee to lie a more harmless vanity. There you go. 
What a beautiful poem, don't you think, Toby? Thomas Campbell is our next poet. Born 1774, died 1844. The first poem's called Yea, Mariners of England. Yea, Mariners of England, that guard our native seas, whose flag has braved a thousand years the battles and the breeze. Your glorious standard launch again to match another foe and sweep through the deep while the stormy winds do blow, while the battle rages long, loud and long, and the stormy winds do blow. The spirits of your fathers shall start from every wave, for the deck it was their field of fame, and ocean was their grave. Where Blake and mighty Nelson fell, your manly hearts shall glow, as ye sweep through the deep, while the stormy winds do blow. While the battle rages loud and long, and the stormy winds do blow, Britannia needs no bulwarks, no towers along the steep. Her march is over the mountain waves, her home is on the deep. With thunders from her native oak, she quells the floods below, as they roar on the shore, when the stormy winds do blow. When the battle rages loud and long, and the stormy winds do blow, the meteor flag of England shall yet terrific burn, till danger's troubled night depart, and the star of peace return. Then, then, ye ocean warriors, our song and feast shall flow to the fame of your name when the storm has ceased to blow, when the fiery fight is heard no more, and the storm has ceased to blow. The Battle of the Baltic of Nelson and the North, sing the glorious days renown, when the battle fierce came forth, all the might of Denmark's crown, and her arms along the deep proudly shone, by each gun the lighted brand in a bold, determined hand, and the prince of all the land led them on. Like leviathans afloat lay their bulwarks on the brine, while the sign of battle flew on the lofty British line. It was ten of April morn by the chime as they drifted on their path. There was... Silence deep as death, and the boldest held his breath for a time. But the might of English flushed the, to anticipate the scene, and her van, the fleeter, rushed over the deadly space between. Hearts of oak, our captains cried, when each gun from its adamantine lips spread a death shade round the ships like the hurricane eclipse of the sun. Again, 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 and the havoc did not slack till the feeble cheer of the Dane to our cheering sent us back. Their shots along the deep slowly boom, then ceased, and all is wail as they strike the shattered sail, or the conflagrate pale like the gloom. Out spoke the victor then as he hailed them over the wave, Yea, our brothers, yea, our men, and we conquer but to save. So peace instead of death let us bring, but yield, proud foe, thy fleet with the crews at England's feet, and make submission meet to our king. And now, joy, old England, raise for the tidings of thy might, by the festal city's blaze, whilst the wine cup shines in light. And yet amidst the joy and uproar, let us think of them that sleep full many a fathom deep by the wild and stormy steep, Alcinor. That's going to be it for tonight, I think. That's a decent amount, though. We got through two poets. Alrighty. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to Toby cry. (laughs) Sorry about that. And I'll see you tomorrow.